Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for April 3rd, 2007 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined as always by our Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, we'll tell you about the top news stories on the Diz, including updates on Disney's trademark battle over Winnie the Pooh and the latest on security screening measures at Orlando International Airport. Corey and Julie Martin attended a recent taping of the Ellen DeGeneres show at Universal Orlando, and they'll have a report for us. And as we approach the 10th anniversary of the Diz on June 1st, we'll begin the first in a three-part series this week on the history of the Diz. All that plus your emails and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Now, before we get started, I do have a few announcements. First, I need to uh, say a very big congratulations to my partner, Walter Eccles. Uh, Walter works as a... Uh, substance abuse counselor. He has his master's degree in social work. And last Friday, after five years of the, the most grueling process you could imagine, uh, he passed his national exam for his uh, LCSW, making him a licensed clinical social worker. And uh, very, very proud of him. He's really worked hard for it. And I just wanted to make sure I said something on the show to congratulate yeah, him. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Cool. And uh, second, I'm pleased to announce that this week, or actually next week, starts a new podcast for us here on The Diz. We will be doing a monthly show dedicated specifically to Universal Orlando. Uh, main reason for that is every time we talk too much about Universal in this show, I get at least a couple of emails from people telling me to stop it. <laughs> um, and there is a lot of stuff. Uh, there is a lot of stuff to cover with Universal. Not enough to do a weekly show, but I figured a monthly show would be would be good. So, starting next Monday, April 9th, uh, we will be unveiling not only that show but a completely redone version of our Universal uh, content on the Diz. And for the first time, we're going to be making some of our videos, some of our Universal videos, um, available in high definition, available for download. We're going to have about eight or nine high definition videos for people to download. So if you have a broadband connection, you'll need one because you won't be able to do it with anything slow. But uh, that'll be next Monday, April 9th. So be sure to tune in for that. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get started with the news. Our number three story this week, Disney's wide waste of space, I mean wide world of sports, will be adding a 70,000-square-foot arena to the sports complex to open in the fall of 2008. The complex will feature six basketball courts, 12 volleyball courts, and two roller hockey rinks. And according to the Associated Press, the 220-acre complex currently hosts more than 180 events a year and is the home of the Atlanta Braves spring training camp. Of those 180 events, does anything interesting actually happen over there? There's a lot of They put in a lot of people into that. Do they really? They really Nothing that interests me. I was about to say that, too. To, Nothing that interests God, me. <laughs> you got, you got the, uh, the football, the little Pop Warner football. You got the Little League. But if you're not down, uh, you know, honestly, but, though, if you're not down here with your kids for an event that's going on over there, does anybody just go over there to watch this? What they, that's what they go to. Really? Well, we have friends that go to the they, spring training a, paintball, a lot. Spring have, training, I know. Spring people training is spring training. But they also have a paintball uh, world championships over there uh, <laughs> last year. Hey. You I'm, you want to you know, just I'm, I'm, you guys are laughing at me. <laughs> I know, but you go over there and there's there's a huge area that they set up for this paintball water tournament. balloon fight competition. The, <laughs> the AAAU or AAU is the hosted American athletic. Uh, it's athletic, the athletic, yeah, yeah. But that's amateur athletic union. They moved down oh, that's here. That's really good. And 
they host a lot of tournaments and stuff, and that's what fills in really? the world of Well, I guess, uh, I guess that somebody must be going if they're adding another 70,000 square yeah. feet of space Cheerleader, to it. Cheerleaders come down here. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a always, competition that's they big. have. I'm telling you, it's big business for Disney. Really? It, it wow. really is. And for them to add that much space, I mean, that's like... And those I people say, aren't in the Magic Kingdom. That's it's the best more part. Than, it's more than double in what they have for the. For the <laughs> exactly. Eventually, they do make what it to the say? Magic Kingdom. And those though. people aren't in the Magic Kingdom. That's the good part about it. But they sell the they sell the tickets as a package. So the kids, once they're done with the tournament, they go into the parks. They sell the hotel rooms, and they keep all star all the all stars full and Pop Century. Those hotels are and the all star cafe. I doubt. I bet. They shut that down a lot of times for private functions for that's events no big, going that's on. That's not a great loss. I mean, no. I, I've been over there. During, <laughs> Never heard anything good about that either. I, I was over there in the end of January a couple of years ago, and they had the longest drive uh, golf competition there. And those guys were driving the ball into the into the woods. I drove 2,000 miles one time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the same thing. But, um, but, um, but in a Vega, it, you know, <laughs> we do we do make a comment about it that it's a wide world of space, but uh, wide waste or, of space, whatever. Anyway, but the wide world it, of space it is really is. There's a lot of stuff going on, and with the, this added facility, I mean, you got volleyball, you got uh, those roller rinks. Right. I, f- I foresee them using some indoor soccer tournament stuff on there, in that. So th- there's well, a lot of possibilities for it. Well, learn something new every day. <laughs> there's ne- never Still been anything. Come, come down here. There has never been anything uh, going on here. over. There's never been anything going on over there that I've that's particularly drawn my attention. So, but yeah. then again, I'm not a big sports fan. But so they're adding seventy thousand square feet, folks. And if you enjoy those uh, amateur sports, then there's gonna be a lot more of them over at the wide world of sports. So. Let's move on to our number two story this week, a uh, follow-up to a story we told you about a few weeks ago. Officials at Orlando International Airport have approved a $7 million a year increase to their security budget. This after two airline baggage handlers were arrested and charged with smuggling drugs and weapons onto a passenger plane bound for Puerto Rico. In the wake of those arrests, the Transportation and Safety Administration increased security at the airport and began screening all employees that had secure access to the airport. The TSA will continue that screening process for another 90 days when it is then scheduled to be turned over to a private security firm. The security enhancements that were approved will include vehicle screening, new security equipment, and equipment installation and implementation. This according to the Orlando International Airport spokeswoman, Carolyn Fennell. So they, I'll tell you, they reacted to that pretty quickly. I mean, this was just two or three weeks ago, I think, that uh, we reported on that. Yeah. And... Uh, it didn't take them long at all to put that that money into into play. Seven million dollars a year is pretty substantial. It looks like they're taking money from some of the other projects that are going on, some of the expansion projects. And what a shame! That's what they have to do because the you know these unfunded mandates the federal government's putting on the airports. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I will say that you know Orlando International is a very well run airport, and uh, I'm happy to see that they're responding so quickly to this. Yeah, I enjoy. You can see the difference when you go from Orlando to any other airport. Yeah, it's really the most user friendly. And traffic wise, and they're even improving the traffic. And I thought the traffic was good to begin with. You know, my response stays the same. I'm glad that they're doing this, but why is it taking this to now screen your yeah your employees? Your well, that's not just Orlando International. I mean, again, Orlando International now only the second airport in the country. It's crazy that is screening 
all of their employees on the way with secure access on the way in and the way out. The only other one doing it is Miami. Miami started doing that in 1999 after something similar happened there. Yeah. So it's it is a shame. It is a shame that not every airport is doing it. But again. It, it becomes an issue of these of these unfunded mandates. Well, you would think a place like New York would have these measures. Well, you'd think. Any major hub, any major airport. I have to tell you, we flew into JFK on the way back from Italy, on the way to and the way back <laughs> from Italy, and I was horrified that this is one of the, the biggest airports in the world. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm used to Orlando International, yes, which is clean so nice. and bright and shiny. And JFK... It's it, an it armpit. Just, it was. It was awful. Yeah. And with our with that, our number one story this week is also a follow up to a story that we told you about last month. Disney has won a major legal battle in its ongoing war with the family that holds the rights to the Winnie the Pooh franchise. The Los Angeles Times is reporting that a federal judge dismissed three of the copyright claims levied against the Walt Disney Company by the Schlesinger family, who transferred the merchandising rights for Winnie to the Pooh for Winnie the Pooh to Disney back in 1961. The judge set aside nine other claims by the family, saying that they should be resolved at a later date. The family was given a rare court victory in February when a judge dismissed a motion that sought to end Disney's obligation to pay the family any royalties at all from the sale of Pooh merchandise. This is only the latest battle in a war that has been raging between the two parties since 1991 when the family first sued Disney for breach of contract and fraud. The breach of contract case was thrown out of court in 2004, when it was revealed that the Schlesinger family had stolen confidential Disney documents from the company's trash and then lied to the court to cover up the theft. So, not it's like, good. It's Poogate. It's Poogate, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, no more poo conversation. <laughs> it just keeps coming back into the conversation, yeah, doesn't just, it? But, uh, yeah, so the... Um, the only one that gets hurt is Winnie. So the family was, uh, the family was all... Uh, Schlesinger family was all hopped up in February because they won... It was, a, like I said, a rare legal w- uh, victory for them. And uh, then this happens to them. So it looks like they're uh, they're not doing too well. They're not doing too well. I mean, you're going up against the mouse. That's, that's some powerful lawyers. This also goes back to that. Remember we talked about the story about the uh, person who put the confidential um, plans from the airport oh, into yeah. the garbage? These people found these this paperwork in the garbage. Buy a shredder, people. Yeah. What is <laughs> wrong? They're 129 with bucks. <laughs> exactly. Go to Office Max. That's for the good one, too. <laughs> <laughs> and just a reminder, if you have any comments on our show or if there's a question you'd like our team to answer, please be sure just let us know by sending an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com or visiting our podcast main page at podcast.wdwinfo.com. And with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to our rapid-fire segment. And this week, we will start with Corey. Well, there's a new program. Um, if, you, if you like to rent the ECV vehicles or the wheelchairs and they are out of them, you can be put on a wait list, and they will contact you by uh, calling your cell phone while you're in the parks. Or if you don't have a cell phone, you can either contact a cast member. They can call for you from one of the house phones. So I think that's really good. You know, they don't, they don't say, hey, we're out. Good luck. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. a good yeah. It's yeah, a good those policy. ECVs can go fast on crowded days. Yeah. yeah. I also have a park peeve. Um, for those who don't know what a park peeve is, it's kind of like a pet peeve, but stuff that happens in a park. These shoes that these kids wear with the little uh, little roll, uh, little wheels on the back. Heelys, they're called. Heelys. Oh, I cannot stand these shoes. I almost got ran over by two kids uh, this past weekend. I mean, I know these things are banned from the parks, but. I just had to say this. If, they if, are you, really if, you, if your kid comes flying by me, 
I'm going to trip him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Corey, Corey, I got sent in you the know, pack today for a special he sounds assignment. Awful, he sounds awful crotchety for a 29 year old. Corey's now turned 70. Get <laughs> <laughs> off my lawn. Um, he's going to be back. Mr. Wilson from oh, Days the Minutes. I can't stand these shoes. Corey, I, I got sent into Epcot this morning for a special thing, and I have the EBC vehicle, and I have the kind of trumped up one. It yeah. goes about 15 miles an nitrous. hour. Yeah. Nitrous. Yeah. Nitrous. <laughs> Flame shooting but in the back. We'll have a picture of it up on the side. I'm amazed someday. Bob hasn't run anybody over the way he whips around the parks in that thing. But it's He's funny. really Ricky Bobby. It, it's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob, continue. Come on. So I was, I was in Epcot, and I had to go around World Showcase, and... I'm zip now. I'm zipping along, and Peter always worries that I'm going to hit somebody. But that was an issue today, and I apologize to those two kids that I ran over <laughs> that went in front of me on the cot. But if you're going to do it, then you got to pay the price. But they are an issue, and they're they're just zipping along everywhere. And I, well, you're I, not supposed to have them anyway in the park. They're, right. they're supposedely banned, but but how can you, you can't check? see them because the the wheels are so right. They also Whoa. go up inside the skate. Yeah, there's, yeah, they have like a mechanism. Then they, they have like push. a secret compartment that they pop up into and hide. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah know. one second the kids walk, and the next second yeah. he's like zooming in front of you. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Those, heels do pop, those wheels do pop out, though. Yeah. It's really easy yeah. to pop them out. They yeah. just don't want to do it at yeah. the front of the park. Can you imagine the, the line going through security? Let me see your shoes. Yeah, it's bad enough as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Take your shoes off, kid. But anyway, I just had to say my park peeve. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's a problem. All right, well, thanks, Corey. Uh, Kevin, what do you have for us? For our Canadian listeners who might be in the Montreal area, there's a new art exhibit at the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts called Once Upon a Time, Walt Disney, the Source of Inspiration. What it is is it's 500 pieces that have never been seen before that are in pi- private collections, and it's the inspiration for Walt's characters. I have a little bit of trivia for you. Which famous Disney character did Walt Disney explain as a monstrous mix of Lady Macbeth, the Big Bad Wolf, and fleshed out with the features of Joan Crawford? Now, I know I told you all, you all the answer beforehand, but for those attention. of you who are listening... Bambi. Uh, <laughs> it's the evil well, queen from Snow White. So what this exhibit does is it shows you what the inspiration was for the characters. I think it sounds interesting. That sounds really cool. I hope maybe, I hope, hopefully it will travel. And if any of our Canadian listeners actually do get a chance to go do that, we'd love to hear uh, what your impressions of it were. So please uh, let us know if you have a chance to, to attend that. I would love to see that. That I sounds would like it would be unbelievable. So Great. Thank you, Kevin. John, what do you have? We actually uh, we ran across a new store in the Florida Mall, and uh, so I know that some of our listeners and some of our uh, guests like to, when they come to Orlando, they go to the local malls, and the Florida Mall is a big tourist attraction for a lot of people, but we, we saw a new store that was very cool. It's called Adrenalina Extreme Sports. Have you heard of this? Yes, I've seen it. Are you talking about where they have the... Yep. Yep. They, <laughs> it, they sell extreme sport gear. Um, and yeah, what skates. were you doing in this store? We were, we were there on business, believe it or not. We just happened to pass by. We were by in the mall on business. Oh, we were okay. not in adrenaline <laughs> no, on business. Okay. They sell skateboards and snowboards and all that, and that sort of gear. But in the store is a flow rider, which is the wave machine like they have on the new Royal Caribbean ships where you can go mm-hmm. and surf. It's awesome. On 
water, on like you're on the ocean. They have this giant thing inside the store. It was the coolest thing to watch. They offer lessons, $15 for a half-hour lesson, and packages if you want to go and do it. They offer birthday parties for birthday kids and stuff like kids. that. However, if you just want to go and watch, it is the funniest thing. First of all... You it, don't even have to go in the store, do you, to watch? No, no but no. We, we went in and run, run up to the glass. First of all, it's you know like guys who look like models are all standing around in their shorts. And they're trying to skate to, to surfboard, and they look like surfers. They just look like they surfers. were trying to look very cool. They were, and you thought, "Oh, these guys are going to be really cool." As soon as they step on there, boom, they're on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> Legs are in the air. There's, they're flying up the side and the back. It's really a lot of fun to that watch. That was on the way in. On the way out, it was a, a group of six-year-olds. It was a birthday party in there, and they were really funny to watch. It was just great. The Florida Mall, for those who don't know, is at the corner of Orange Blossom Trail and Sand Lake Road in Orlando. It's a very, very popular destination for people who are coming out of town while the big stores are there. But And Adrenalina is over by Nordstrom's if you want to go check it out. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, John. Um, and we uh, we have uh, information up, on, some more information up on the site about events happening uh, over Easter uh, this week and next week. Uh, actually, Easter is what? This coming Sunday? Yep. Yes. Eight. Yep. April 8th. And uh, we have uh, information on the site regarding expanded hours at certain restaurants during Easter week, including Chef Mickey's, Ohana's Whispering Canyon, and Mickey's Backyard Barbecue. We also have the complete schedule of Easter events happening at all the Disney resorts, and I'll have a link to all that on the show notes page. And I know there was a question a few weeks ago as to whether or not they were going to be doing the religious services on Easter Sunday at the Contemporary. They are going to be doing them. Oh, okay. There are going to be two um, Roman Catholic masses and a Protestant service being held on Easter on Easter morning. We'll have that, we have that information on the yeah. site as well. Plus, we have links to information in the area for some of the other, uh, uh, some of the churches in the area. Like Mary, Queen like of the Shrine. Mary, Queen, uh, Mary Queen, Queen of the Universe. Queen of the Universe, sorry. It's yeah. the Shrine. That, that one, too. <laughs> and uh, so we have all that. We have all that up on the site, and we'll have a link to that in, uh, in the show notes. Also, I just want just want to add that we've been doing some research on the brunches that are available on Easter Sunday, and most of the larger hotels around Disney and on International Drive are offering Sunday brunches. So if you're looking for some place to go and can't get an ADR in the park, there is a Sunday brunch at almost every one of the larger hotels that has a restaurant. Oh, good. Great. Thank you. Mr. Varley. My rapid fire. I just want to add to what you just said, Peter. Uh, the park hours for the first through the 12th of April, they expanded them out uh, just about a week ago to be midnight, 8 a.m. to midnight at the Magic Kingdom. Okay, So good. it gives you a bunch of time. And if they do an uh, extra magic hour at night, that puts the park open till 3 a.m. So That's cool. Whatever day. So I... It really, it is cool to kind of stroll. Well, around. the extra ma- well, you, whenever they're keeping the park open till midnight, you know the crowds are going to be crazy. And if you can right. use your extra magic hour, use it. But go back to your hotel and take oh. a nap, and then come back <laughs> later on. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Right? I was just about to say it. <laughs> Bob's take a nap advice. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> if they have kids, they should take a nap. If they're old, they should take a nap. If they're going to be there a long time, they should take a nap. There I, are people who go through life with no naps. I believe it. I'm not one of them, by the way. I believe in naps, I Bob. Your, I, have a, I know. I have a picture of you. See, but Bob, go ahead. I have a picture of Bob actually taking a nap in the parks on your... On, your, uh, on his Ricky on Bobby. Your was that over in... in uh, 
That was Universal. at Universal. We, yeah. come, we come out of Men in Black, and Men Bob Black. is passed out. Well, <laughs> understand that Bob's naps are these. He takes these five minute power naps. He'll be sitting somewhere, and he'll just, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's wide awake. <laughs> and then he's good. He's good for another couple of hours, and then you know he'll be someplace else. And <laughs> I can understand the nap advice when the park is open till three a.m. Yeah, but when the park is open until eight or nine, going home and oh, taking a no nap naps. is. No you naps. know, you're wasting a huge yeah. part of your day. No naps on those days. I, I truly believe it. I can also take a nap with my eyes open, too. Unless you have children. small children who require. Okay, this is, this then is. Then put them in a locker. This is rapid fire. <laughs> I, it, oh, that ship sailed about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got assigned a project today uh, to go into uh, Epcot to check out. Okay. Go ahead, El Rio del Tiempo. Very good. <laughs> and that was with a Boston accent. That's right. So Regina said, sent an email, hey, it's opening up today. And I said, okay. So Peter says, well, go over there if you can. So, But picture me on my electric cot. Don't make fun of me. We're not making fun of okay. you. We're making but fun really hard at I'm you. Trying, I'm trying to get all this information, so I, I'm trying to get through the crowds. And like Corey said, the kids on the wheels, on the shoes are getting in my way. But if you get a – just put a picture in your mind of me driving this cot about 15 miles an hour around World Showcase, zipping in and out of traffic and, <laughs> and around people and honking my horn. and uh, So <laughs> – but I get to El Rio del <laughs> Tiempo, and I come to the point, and there's this big wall there. And, and I, I, I call Regina, and I said, Regina, it's closed. Well, I thought it was open today, and it was supposed to be open today. But instead, now instead, they're opening they're it. Instead, they're now opening it up on April 6th, Friday. This coming Friday. Right. So... El Poor Rio del Tiempo will open up Friday, April 6th, right after the Well, it'll be open up as the um, uh, the well, Grand, what is it, uh, Grand Fiesta Tour with the three caballeros. So, I mean, Epcot's Flower and Garden, which I'm very excited about. I got a chance to look at how they're setting up things, and I, I have to tell you that the flowers are spectacular already along the banks. Yeah, it looks there. good over there. Along the banks and the topiaries. See, I said that pretty good. Did that good? Uh, it was really cool at the end of World Showcase. Do they, they have, have treats here every time you say something correctly? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but Mickey's in his pirate <laughs> outfit at the end of uh, World Showcase there, Mickey and Minnie, and with the pirate theme and everything. It, it was fun. And I think it's going to be good. Yeah, we're going to have more on uh, – we'll have more on the opening of uh, – Grand Fiesta Tour and the Flowering Garden Festival next on uh, next week's show. And more Spanglish with Bob next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, the Epcot Teddy Bear and Doll Weekend is coming up May 18th through the 20th. So if you're a collector or admirer... <laughs> I can't look at me. <laughs> Spanglish with Bob. <laughs> I missed that memo. Oh, you're killing me. So if you're a collector of <laughs> teddy bears and or dolls, it's a wonderful event to attend. There are over 30 of the most recognized bear or doll artists, and they're there to display their creations. Um, some of the companies at past events are Precious Moments, Ingle Puppin, and the Vogue Dolls. Never heard of any of those besides Precious Moments. <laughs> okay, now I'm seeing Madonna. <laughs> the Vogue Dolls. 
<laughs> but it does take place at the World Showcase in Epcot. Um, there will be a reception with teddy bear and doll artists, private sale of limited editions, um, includes a one-day Epcot Park admission, a one-day admission after 4 p.m. on May 18th, a banquet, a live auction. You'll receive a commemorative gift, and there will also be complimentary parking at Epcot during the event. It's a $200 price tag on the event wow. for the whole package. Gund and Stifer always there also. Oh, yes, that was one of the names, but I did not know how to pronounce it, so I skipped oh, it. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll try that next week. I just won't say the word. <laughs> okay, it's s- open. A lot of skipping. Oh, you can find all this information on the website, though, under events. <laughs> That's a fairly right. big event. And we will, have, uh, we will have links to all this stuff, as always, in our, in our show notes section. So with that, we're going to move on to our next, our next segment. Uh, Corey and Julie both got a heck of a sunburn. Oh, on yeah. Saturday, they uh, they were able to get uh, tickets to see a taping of the Ellen DeGeneres show over at Universal Orlando. I just want to hear how that went, guys. Yeah, well, I'm a huge fan of Ellen, for those of you who don't know, which I know I've several times, I mean, Kevin okay, always is mentioning, no, Kevin always mentions Oprah, so I have to say, no, Ellen, Ellen, because she gives away stuff, too, and she's just as great. But, um, yeah, it took place at City Walk, and they set up, like, a huge, you know, tent or whatever kind of studio type thing for her right on the water and we sat out in the sun for what two hours two and a half hours so, <laughs> because you have to be there by 12 o'clock you check in at the groove they let you sit in there in the latin quarter and rest for like i don't know maybe 30 minutes and they start shuffling you out by groups you know to go and seat you and we have vip tickets so we were able to be seated among some of the first people yeah we were in the second row yeah okay. so <clears throat> we sat down and waited for an hour and a half. They played music and we danced and danced the you know. whole time. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> you had to. I mean, you had to dance because if if you don't dance, that you look awkward. Yeah, then I mean, you'll, be, then you'll I mean, be on TV yeah. and they'll start making fun of you. <laughs> that's exactly what they'll do. The people who stand there and don't dance, they go, "Hey, look at that person. They're not having a very good can, time." Can I ask you a quick question? <laughs> were you God. on those? Steps, those yes. those cement steps, yeah. and we were in these little tiny chairs that I could barely fit in. Wow. I mean, oh my god! And they were like connected to the next person's chair. So like, I had this one lady; she was really nice, but like, I was like basically sitting with her jacket and her cane. <laughs> okay, so Oprah doesn't make too? you dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I like Ellen because you do have to dance. And so once she came out, you know, it was really exciting. And she came out on a little swan out in the river, you know, and she came running down, and she had like people like cheering her on, kind of like a football team, you know. And so she comes out, and she does her monologue, and we all dance, and that was fun. And her first guest was John Stamos, who is most famously known as Uncle Jesse from Full House, but currently he's on ER, but I don't watch ER, so. But he is quite attractive, I must say. He really is. <laughs> and then um, she also had John Cougar Mellencamp. He played two or three songs. Yeah, he was um, playing on the main stage. So, I mean, anyone coming into City Walk, I mean, you could see John Cougar Mellencamp playing. It was a free concert out there. Wow. Thank God I didn't have to say that guy's name. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it really, you know, I enjoyed it because I do. I love watching Ellen, and I enjoyed getting to see her in person. I mean, she's just as beautiful in person as she is on the show. So what did she give you? Oh, we got an annual pass to Universal. Annual passes to Universal. To the entire audience. The entire audience. That's nice. That is really cool. We already already have that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you have to pay the taxes on those cars. (laughs) 
But that I thought that was cool for sure. Oprah gives away cards. <laughs> uh, we did. were seated in the second row, like Corey said, which we kind of thought might be a good spot. But with all the cameras and people wearing huge hats <laughs> to block the sun from them, they were smart. <laughs> we didn't wear any sunscreen. Oh, uh, we we are well, burnt right have, now. You have a tan. Corey's just yeah, Corey's red as a beet. Yeah. Can you see my shoulder, Bob? Wow. Okay, okay you're not really yeah. tan. Uh, yeah. Okay, you're right. I was tan until okay. I didn't wear any sunscreen. So your view was blocked by the camera? Yes. Here and there, you know, when the camera was in move, we kind of kind of... But every once in a while, especially if she wasn't sitting down, if she was moving around, I could see a lot better. She danced through the crowd and everything? They did. Yeah, a, she did uh, dance through the crowd. This show airs on Wednesday, and she also showed some clips. She, she was staying at the Portofino, and she... Um, she must she, have been here She did housekeeping. Oh, that was so and funny. And she would just go in random rooms and oh, that's start, start messing with them. She was imagine? screaming. Instead, instead of leaving, like, mints on the pillow, she, she, would, she would leave a whole cake <laughs> on the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, cool. uh, and she would also sneak into the uh, Mandara Spa where people were getting facials. And once they had their eyes covered, she would sneak in there and start uh, start messing with them. They had no idea She would, like, her. poke on their face. She would put cucumbers in their mouth. She was eating an apple at one point. And at one point, you know, these people have their eyes closed or covered. She goes, boy, it's so just... Um, exhilarating to be able to do this naked, <laughs> and the person's kind of just like I never noticed that rash in my hand before. Yeah. She was, uh, she's awesome. I mean, I would probably much rather be in the live, like the studio where she has, you know, in Burbank, because I, you probably don't have a bad seat unless you're sitting right down in the front where the cameras sunburn. are, or a sunburn, exactly. Yeah, right. And then at the end of the show, her and um. Uncle Jesse. What's his name? Oh, yeah. They- John Stamos. John Stamos. <laughs> 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 Uncle Jesse. <laughs> they went and did Dueling Dragons. Yeah. So, so that should be cool to see. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see that. I'm going to you know, watch the show on Wednesday to see if we can spot ourselves. Yeah. So ch- yeah. Ch- check out the Ellen Show on Wednesday. See if you can find Corey and Julie in the crowd. <laughs> now, it sounded like you guys had a good time. We really did. I mean, I, you just... It was very fun. I mean, you know, I love Ellen. I just can't say it enough. I love Ellen. <laughs> yeah, she's been there a couple times. She's yeah. had her show from there oh, a couple yeah, times. Oh, yeah, definitely. So. She did two shows on Friday. It rained during, I think, J-Lo's performance and during her interview and stuff. So yeah. I'm wondering how that's going to turn out. Yeah. That's more divine intervention, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Joy Fatone was a guest, too. Yeah. Corey was so afraid that he was going to be the guest on our show. Because we see him all around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know? I mean, you go to so any club, you, go, you, to you see Joey Fatone. Oh, there's Joey Fatone again. Yeah. You know? We actually had dinner in a, an Italian restaurant in Orlando one night with his family sitting right next to us having a birthday party. They shared their cake with us. Aww. That's very nice. That's cool. Cool. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. It sounds like it was a lot of fun. So, all right. We're going to move on and... Uh, do a segment uh, that uh, someone had asked us about uh, in email feedback a few few months ago, I guess, about uh, the history of the Diz. And I thought about how I wanted to do that. And um, June 1st is going to be, I can't believe it, June 1st is going to be 10 years that the Diz has been online. And uh, in internet, especially in the world of the internet, 10 years is like a lifetime. And it certainly feels like it's been a lifetime. <laughs> but... Uh, so I thought what we'd do is uh, kind of break it up into three pieces. Uh, we'll do one uh, on this show, and then uh, beginning of May we'll do another one. And then the final segment will be uh, on our June 1st show. The only time we're going to break our Tuesday tradition uh, for the podcast is going to be on June 1st. I actually want to do the show, have the show up on, on June 1st. So we're going to do this in three segments. And uh, the first part, uh, how we started. 
The um, early years. The, well, the beginning. And, you know, I, I've, I've been spending a lot of time going over this in my head, trying to, like, you know, get the, get the timeline down. And, and I would love to tell everybody that there was a grand plan when I, when, when I started the site, that there was, you know, I saw the potential of the Internet and its the possibility of doing a site like this, and that would just be a, a big lie. Uh, really and truly, it started very, very innocently. Um, I had been working at the time for a United Parcel Service, and I had just taken a position with them doing an internal website for the department I was I was working in. I was working in the training department. And uh, UPS is the kind of company that if you want to have a career with, you, they ask you to do something, you don't say no. And I had dabbled with a couple of websites. I mean, nothing big at all. But at, at that point, I was the only person that any of my managers knew that had actually done anything with a website. So I got tapped to do this this project. And I was I remember saying to John that I was just panic-stricken. I knew nothing about it. And I, I talked to a friend of mine who was doing uh, – who, who had done some websites. And he suggested that I just kind of put something together on a, you know, for myself privately – on a subject I, I enjoyed and used that to practice and, and develop my skills. and So that's what I did. It was I, I just kind of put some stuff up on the web for myself. I would, you know, John and I were, were together uh, in a relationship at that point, and uh, we were going to Disney quite a bit, and we loved it. And as a matter of fact, I think that year, uh, April of 97, was the first time we brought my parents. Well... I don't know if you want me to, to jump in here. Oh, absolutely, yeah. My recollection is that was prior to our first trip. And what you were doing is you and Neil were working to plan our trip. And pr- prior to that, when you lived in Ocean Grove, you and Neil used to get together and do your war sessions. and Yeah, war council. War council, and used to get together, and they planned every minute of the trip, <laughs> which I hated. And <laughs> We had an agenda. Because now he lived in North New Jersey, and they were too far apart to do that. They were trying to figure out a way to plan That's right. their trip. And so he, they came up with the idea of doing a discussion where they could talk back and forth, and then other people started to join in and found the site. There was no advertising. There was nothing well, out there. Well, at first, yeah. I mean, Neil and I were, were putting up. We weren't doing a, discuss, like a discussion board thing. We were... He was putting up information. He was FTPing information up to a server, and I was, and we were, like, comparing notes over the phone. So we kind of used this web space that I had. And then that, when, when UPS approached me about doing the, the intranet for the training department, um, I used that site, the basis of that site, to develop the, uh, the DIS, the Unofficial Disney Information Station. By the way, that's what DIS stands for. Um, we stopped using Disney Information Station a long time ago, but uh, the, the acronym stuck, and everybody just kind of knows it as the Diz. But uh, we had brought my parents down, I think it was April of 97, and I had put some pictures up on the site, on this little site that I had for my, my family, my sister Susan and my niece Robin, who live in uh, Massachusetts, had wanted to see pictures from our trip. So this is kind of how some of the elements came together. And it was actually, I think it was late May of 97 when I actually, you know, created a site and put it up i think it was a couple of a couple of weeks a couple of weeks after i put the site up that i i discovered the log files remember it was a saturday morning um because i would just like sit down and just start doing things on the site just figuring out you know what i wanted to do with it and add information and expand on it and um 
I found the log files. I had no idea these existed in the log files. Every time somebody visits a website, there's a, an entry created in a log file that tells you, you know, where they came from, how long they stayed, all that other good stuff. And I think there was like, you know, the log file had like 40 entries in it. And I was like dumbfounded. Like there were people coming to this site. And the only way I could ever describe it is that feeling you get when someone calls you and tells you, we're going to be at your house in 20 minutes. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> people are coming. I've got to hurry. And that began this. I, I could only describe it as a, a – it was, I, I was obsessed. I was absolutely obsessed that it was all I did every, every free moment I had. I, I, I think that's pretty safe to say. Every free moment I had, I spent working on this site. Not much has changed since that point. Shut huh? up. <laughs> not, not much has changed in 10 years. Um, but every free moment of my life I spent, you know, even at work – I'd go to work and I'd have to like sneak, like bringing up the site. But fortunately, my my boss's boss's boss was like this huge Disney fan, and he was completely thrilled about uh, that, that that I was doing this site and would like call me into his office, and we'd sit there and talk about Disney for two hours, and he'd like have me show him the site and he'd go look and he'd make suggestions, and um, you know people at work started like looking at it and. I guess it was August, August of 97 when I came across a script because I would always just go out and look for whatever was out there that I could add to the site, whatever cool stuff. It was called uh, Matt's CGI script. And uh, it did this threaded discussion forum. And we added one, one forum. And I think it was maybe, it was up there a week before a fight broke out. <laughs> you know, I think there were maybe 10 people posting. And eventually, yeah. <laughs> eventually somebody, you know, started something. Um, but very, very quickly, very, very quickly, that board became very busy. And as the board became busier, the site became busier. And in those days, it wasn't uh, two different websites like it is now where we have www.info.com and disboards.com. In those days, it was disneyinfo.com. And, uh, that was the general board, right? Well, yeah, at that point, it didn't even have a name because oh. there were no other boards. So it was just the, you know, this one discussion forum that we had. Yeah. And that's really, from that was the basis of it. That was the, 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 early, the early part, those first few months. And still like just trying to figure out what this was. It just, I was amazed at every day there was more and more people. I mean, the Internet was growing more rapidly. More people were getting onto the Internet but, you know, this was in the days before broadband. This was in the days before, you know, you know, streaming video and big photo galleries. And the photos that we had on the site then were like these little tiny thumbnails because you couldn't have big pictures up. They just people didn't have the bandwidth to, to look at them. So, And uh, it was uh, January of 1998 when um, John and I came down on vacation. We were down for 10 days. And uh, that was the during that trip was the first time we hit a thousand visits in in one day, and I remember being oh my god a thousand people came to the site in one day, and uh, that was also the trip where uh, John decided he was going to bring his resume uh, down, and that was funny because he had told me the day before the day before we left that he was going to bring a, his resume down and put it in with Disney. I'm like okay sure whatever. Because we talked about it. I mean, we talked about, wow, wouldn't it be great to live in Orlando? Wouldn't it be great to move to Orlando? And, but, you know, you talk about it, but you never really think that you're actually going to do it. 
so we, we get down to uh, – we come down to Orlando. The first day we're here, you know, we're dressed like typical Disney geek tourists. And uh, John, we, we're, we're driving to downtown Disney, and we go past Central Casting. And they got – we get the balloons out, you know, job fair. And John's like, oh, we got to stop. And I'm like – because John was a, a network administrator. Well, John's, uh, John's training by education is he's a chemist. And at the time, he was working uh, for a company where he was doing uh, network administration. And he's like, oh, I'm going to stop. And they, I, I, they were just getting ready to open Animal Kingdom. This was January of, of 98. They were opening Animal Kingdom that April. And I said, they're not looking for you. They're looking for people to shovel animal crap. You know, <laughs> they're not looking for you. And, but we stopped in. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. That I'm like sitting on the outskirts in this, in this job fair and John goes up and he's talking to this recruiter from information systems and I'm watching her body language as she's talking to him and I just said to myself, oh my God, we're moving. We're moving. That was the first day of a 10-day trip. By the time we left, they had already sent him the employment. They sent the employment packet to our hotel room and we got That's home. It, it was like late January into February. You had a couple of phone interviews. Actually, we had to go out and buy you clothes to do uh, to do an interview. We were we were there for ten days. My family was coming down. We were going to stay at oh, Old that's right. West. That's right. And um, during the whole process, it was just crazy. Okay, now you, I put my resume in. Within a couple of hours, I got a phone call at the resort. They want to meet with you. They want an in person interview. You know, I've got shorts and flip flops. So we ran out. I got a suit. I went, I had an in-person interview. I had two or three phone interviews before I left. And this was all while we're still on vacation. Right. My family's coming down. Where are they? You know, try to get them from the airport and let's run around and let's all do this stuff. So it was it was a little crazy, but it was fate. Well, yeah, because a week later, a week after we got home, they made an offer. They made an offer. And I just, it was, it was weird the way it happened because I didn't think we were going to have enough money to move. I mean, we really didn't have a lot in savings at the time. And it was like all these weird things just happened. All these things you would not expect to happen. In the course of a couple of weeks, the money became available. I mean, just everything fell into place. And they moved us down. They paid for yeah. uh, complete moving of everything. Wow. Just, they just came to the house in a place. They packed it all up and took it. Didn't have to it, lift a finger. Including the car. They drove the car onto the truck. Um, they put... Us up for what it was like six months. Well, no, no, it was we were. Well, they they would they would have put us up for six months, yeah, but I, six months. I was only going to tolerate that place for about twenty four hours. That place was scary. The place they put us up that went, yeah, when, when a cockroach crawled down my shoulder um, while I was watching television in this little apartment in Metro West, they put us up, and I'm like, okay, we're out of here. And it wasn't a Disney place; it was some place that Disney had partnered with, where they put people in who were relocating. So they put us up for a while until that. The funny, the other funny thing was not only did they uh, uh, pack up the house, send everything down, paid for us to stay somewhere, paid for our flights to come down. They also paid for Figaro, our cat, <laughs> which you had to pay X amount of dollars for the cat. You had to pay cat. $60 for the cat. To... So they even paid for him to come down. So it was it all worked out very well. And, and they took care, They took really good care of us, I have to say. They were, they were wonderful. I mean, just the way they handled, you know, a gay couple, first of all. You know, that was not really our experience in New Jersey. I mean... UPS at the time, I don't know if they if they do now, but I know at that time there were no domestic partner benefits. I don't think the company you were working for at the time 
had any had I any... was so far in the closet I had to clean shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of it was kind of unusual and then you know you come down here you have like your dream come true. I mean, you know, for us we had talked about it so much about moving to Orlando. And you come down here and you're like your dream is coming true and John's working for Disney and they're like falling all over themselves to be so great to us and they were they were wonderful. And it was just like this can't be somebody pinch me. And it was well, what were you going to do? Right. Well, that became the, the $64,000 question. What was I? We knew what John was going to do for a living. What was I going to do? And I had said that, uh, you know, if we're going to be on this whole dream thing, I, I would really love to work for myself, start my own business. I, we, I talked about that. We had talked about that for the longest time. And originally what it was going to be, we were going to, uh, it was going to be a web development company. Werner Technologies was supposed to be a web development company. But I needed to make money, some money, while I was getting this started. And the only thing I could think to do was to start selling some advertising on the Diz. And the first three advertisers, advertiser number one was the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. I called Audrey Cornu. She's like, I knew you were going to call me. I knew you were going to call me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Timeshare store, uh, Tom Yeary uh, over at the Timeshare store was number two. We had actually been uh, talking back and forth with him. For a few months, uh, just to give information on DVC, John and I had bought into DVC that the year before, and um, we were getting information from him on resales. We weren't charging him anything; we were just putting that up on the site. But when we went to advertising, he uh, he stepped up to the plate. And um, do you remember what the other advertiser was in that first batch? I do not. Hotel, Caribe Royale. Oh, the Caribe Royale. Remember the Caribe Royale. Yeah. And in these days, nobody had any idea what the internet was or its reach. Or, and most of the marketers that worked in hotels just didn't want anything to do with uh, with the internet. They didn't just they thought it was a fad, and they weren't going to change their they weren't going to change their way of doing business. And um, but those became the first three advertisers, and that allowed me to just that didn't give me a lot of money, but it gave me just enough to say, okay, this is worthwhile and. This can keep me going while I get this web development company going. And then the boards, the boards in particular, really took off. We ended up adding two more boards because the the first board that we had was just too busy. And I'm pretty sure it was May of 98 that we added uh, the DVC board. And I believe we called it the battle board. It was like the debate board, which I, I... I think maybe that stayed up for all of about <laughs> Not long. a day I because that. it was, I've just never seen anything like, it was like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Once we opened that, people were just so vicious. And I'll tell you something, you know, owning disboards.com and, and being, being there for obviously from the very beginning of disboards.com has given me insight into human nature on the internet, I think in a way that most people don't have. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying any, honestly, the vast majority of people that are on our boards are wonderful. They're kind, they're generous, they're intelligent, they're funny, they're creative. But it seems as though the internet has allowed some people, a few people, to the anonymity of the internet allows them to act, behave, and talk in ways that they would never do if they were face-to-face with you. I've seen it all the time. Right, yeah. The yeah. people that will talk all sorts of trash about me or about someone on the boards, then they, you meet them in person and they're as sweet as could be. 
And the only place, uh, what I've noticed is that kids aren't like that. The, we have our teen board. We have our uh, virtual Magic Kingdom board, both of which are populated by younger kids yeah. and teens. We have virtually no problems on those boards. Those kids get along so well. We don't have any of the, the outbursts we have and the problems we've had have always been with the adults. But the board started becoming this. This was the period where the boards really started becoming uh, an enigma almost. Because like, it made no sense the way these things were just expanding. They, they continue to do it to this day. But at this point, like I said, we just had the three boards. And it started. I started realizing that we needed to add moderators. We needed to have – because at that point, it was just me. Yeah. And it was too much. And I realized in order to, for these boards to really have a voice that I needed to bring in other people and let other people kind of share their passion for Disney as much as I was sharing mine. And that really marks the, the first year that we had the site. It was just this, this great infusion of passion. I'd never experienced anything like that where I was able to take my passion for something and put it into this medium and then watch it grow and watch all these other people kind of come in and, and, and share their passion. Because, you know, as, as Disney fans back in the day, without any mass communication to share our passion for it, you kind of felt like, you know, the geek in the room. I would go to work and I would talk about, oh, I'm going to Disney, I'm going to Disney. And people would be like, looking at me like, are you out of your mind? You're a grown man. What are you going to Disney World for? And, you know, but of course, when they were ready to go, you were the one they came to right. to help plan the trip. And the one thing that the Internet really did brilliantly for the Disney community was it allowed all of the other Disney geeks in the world to find each other. And realize we weren't we we were not in fact alone. Right. And now not only have all those Disney geeks come together, but now as a collective force, we've changed the way Disney does business. And I'm not saying that Diz boards change the way Disney does business. All of them, all of this whole community that's formed. The closest I've come to feeling the way it felt when we first started this site, and I'm being dead honest with you, and I've said it from the beginning, is this podcast. Podcast reminds me so much of the process and the feeling that I had when the site first started, the internet was starting to take off because podcasting is kind of in the same vein right now where it's a relatively new medium, really only becoming popular in the last couple of years. A lot of people are just kind of following their passion. Look at the vast majority of, of the uh, podcasts that are out there. It's all you know, niche topics mm -hmm. like this, and it's becoming so popular. And some people you'll hear say it's a fad. This is no fad. Podcasting is no more of a fad than the Internet was. Or radio. Or radio, exactly. It's just this new medium, this new way for people, regular people, regular normal people, to level the playing field where, you know, in the past it was newspapers and radio stations and big companies that controlled what you heard and what you, what you listened to. And now the power literally is in the hands of anybody who's got a computer and a microphone or a computer and an Internet connection. One of the things that I hear every once in a while is that when we do these, people accuse uh, uh, me of being negative. Well, all of us of being negative and down on Disney. I think the things you just said prove that, yes, there are things they do that we disagree with mm -hmm. and things they do that we agree with. However, there are six of us sitting here. Because of a love of Disney. Yeah. That, that it, it's well, let me say something about the, about the haters um, while, I'm, while I've got a mic and I'm talking about the history of my site. From the day I started this site, I have been dealing with these people. Okay? And if you're one of them listening to me, then I'm talking to you. 
<laughs> I have been dealing with the haters. He just did his Tony Soprano face, too. <laughs> <laughs> I have been dealing with the haters. You know what? It is. It just it goes with the territory. It doesn't matter what you do. Somebody's not going to like it. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that there are people out there, because I used to be one of them, where I was so hopped up on pixie dust that anybody that said so much as anything at all negative about Disney, I would go apoplectic. Carnival ape crazy. <laughs> exactly. Carnival ape crazy. And the fact of the matter is that in, in the course of having this site, in the course of having discussion boards, in the course of Dreams Unlimited Travel, I've gotten to see a very real picture of Disney. It has not changed my love for Disney, but it has changed, it has changed what I feel my responsibility is to the 50,000 people a day who come through my website. What a number um, that is. When I started this, all I wanted it to be was a place where you could get good information to help you plan a great trip. That was all I cared about. And I would like to think that everything we have done since, everything we have done since has been in that vein. Whether you're doing business with any of our advertisers or anything like that, it doesn't matter. When you come to the Diz, you get the best we have to offer. Now, some people may think that's good. Some people may think it's not good. Either way, it's from, from us, from me, that's my, that's my goal. And part of that is to tell you what we think. We've been doing this for a long time. We've been watching this stuff for a long time. And, and you may not want to hear anything negative about Disney, but the fact is they do screw up sometimes. And the same way I can get, I have to get, except being called out on my site, on my boards, believe me, nobody has spared the rod when it comes to criticizing me and some of the things I've done, whether it's on the boards, on the site, Dreams Unlimited, you name it. I have taken beatings like you can't imagine. But I realize it goes with the territory. Disney is strong enough to withstand my criticism. But my job is to make sure that I tell people, whether it's through the website, through Dreams, or through the show, or on the boards, tell people what I think, what I see, what, what, what I see is the truth. I try and be fair about it. I don't try and just beat Disney over the head for the sake of beating them over the head. That's not why I'm here. That's not why I started this 10 years ago. But the fact of the matter is, if I don't tell them the truth, who is? Really? Who's going to tell them? Disney? No, Disney's not going to tell you the truth. Somebody's got to be out there saying, look, you know what? Watch this. The service level's going down. Or watch this. This restaurant isn't quite as good as it ought to be. Because you're spending a lot of time and a lot of money traveling to Orlando. And when you get here, I'd like to think maybe our site did something to help give you a better experience than you would have had had you never found us before. It's not just time and money. This is an emotional investment for people. True. This is, look at what we've just talked about. I mean, this is an emotional investment. At 11 years old, my life changed. I used to spend all my time trying to plan how I was coming back here. So it's not just your time and your money. This this is an emotional investment for people. So if we tell everybody everything's perfect and they find out that it's not perfect, we lose any credibility that we have. Exactly. So, I mean, honesty is our best policy here. I mean, we're- At the core of everything, we're Disney fans. We're Disney lovers. It's why we're here. It's why we do this wonderful thing that we can do. And so if we're harsh, it's out of love. If we're exuberant, it's out of love. It's, out of, it's, it's a passion for what we love. Yeah. But um, All right, let's wrap it up uh, for, uh, for the history for this, uh, for this month. Like I said, we're going to do some uh, – we'll do the next segment, uh, the beginning, uh, the first show that we do in, in May. And then the final segment will be in uh, 
June. Be June 1st. June 1st, the 10-year anniversary of the site. And I don't know exactly what I'm doing for the 10-year anniversary, but... You, it's going to involve cake, I think. Well, <laughs> I'm talking about on the site itself. Um, we're going to be giving away something. I don't know. But Annual passes to everybody on the community. Board. Yeah. <laughs> Let's edit that out right now. All right. Yeah. You have to have a certain post count, though. Oh, jeez. Corey, uh, Corey will be paying for those. No, we've actually got some things planned. I don't want to tip any hands, but we've got oh, okay. some cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about. about it. We're talking about what we want to do, but... Got to do something for the ten year anniversary. I mean, ten years, God. See, and I don't, I don't take, I don't take time a lot to kind of stop and think about. Wow, it's been ten. It's years. best that you don't, because um, it always moves forward that way. It's well, I, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy I can, I can rest on my laurels for about five minutes before I'm like, okay, what's next? Yeah, what can we do until now? your laurels get tired? Until my laurels get tired. So, all right, and finally, we're going to do our listener email. I know it's been a long show, folks. We appreciate you staying with us and listening. But um, I'm going to start off with one from Steve S. in Esconset, New York. Funny story tied to Pete Werner's review of the Hard Rock Hotel. My wife went to Orlando for CTIA this past week, and her company took a block of rooms at the Hard Rock. I told her about the review, having just listened to it, and advised her to request not being on the first floor due to that being the dog floor. She was telling her colleagues at dinner, and one of them said, See, I told you guys I smelled dog in my room. You thought I was crazy. <laughs> Apparently, several of them were given rooms on the first floor. Keep all that good info coming. Thank That's you very funny. much, Steve. Glad you liked that review. John, what do you have? I have one from Joe in Baldwin, New York. Hey, I was wondering if you guys get paid for running this website. If you do, you have the best job in the world. How can I get the best job in the world? Well, it kind of ties into the to the history of the Diz that Pete was talking about. Yeah, um, yeah we do have the best job in the world. And yes, everybody job. here does get paid right. to do this. Right. And you know, I say that every day. I have the best job. When I get up in the morning, it's what I think. Well, <laughs> the, the truth be told, uh, we are... Uh, we are looking for people. Um, I'm looking for. Uh, we're looking for an assistant graphic designer, assistant webmaster. Yes, yes. For the site, and uh, haven't had a lot of luck uh, putting ads in the in the local papers. So if you're a uh, if you've got a background in web design and a passion for Disney, uh, we might be able to talk. Especially if you live locally. If you live in the area, that would be even better. But uh, I'm not going to be picky at this point. We need we need somebody talented. So. Um, as a matter of fact, there is uh, the best job in the world is currently available. Yes, <laughs> that is true. We should make it into a show. We should do the dream job and have two of them up there. And yeah, it's, no, that, it's, that, in, it's that enjoyable. That was a bad show. That was a bad show. It's enjoyable for me to watch when somebody comes on, like, especially when Corey came to work for me the first time uh, or in the early days. And, you know, he'd be walking into a theme park and one of his friends would call him and he'd say, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm, you know, walking into Epcot. It's like it's got, it's a Wednesday. <laughs> it's a, this is my job. <laughs> my boss told me I got to be down here and get pictures of this, or I got to go get that. So yeah, um, it is a pretty cool job. I went to dinner the other night for work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's you know, and that's not to say that you know our our jobs are necessarily you know all happy happy joy joy. Right. Um, believe me, it, this is tough work. This yeah. is very it's not all very, very yeah. tough work. Yeah, we put a lot of hours in. It's but not I, a, it's not a conventional job. You're not going to work 8 hours a day and clock in and clock out. Um and also that's a, there's a lot of stress. Yeah, there so, can be. When there you do something be. you like, it's hard to escape it, exactly. especially when you're working but from home. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to set those boundaries. When I first started, John said you probably will work 24 hours a day and I thought, you know, that's ridiculous. I work eight hours a day. And it's not that you're working 24 hours a day straight. 
However, I do find myself answering emails at 3 a.m. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I see you log on to ICQ <laughs> at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. You were on, you were on pretty, uh, pretty early this morning, actually. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a very interesting job. It's a very very different job than any of us have ever had before. Yeah, but you know, it's one of the it's one of the blessings that came from starting this site. Uh, as I said in the history of it, um, it just not many people can say I love what I do for a living. Yeah, not many people at all. And, and we're all sitting here in shorts and t-shirts. Yep. And I have to say the and weather. We had to get dressed. To, <laughs> yeah, I have to say the weather this week has been just been stellar, stellar, stellar. It's unbelievable. Love man. living in Orlando too. I go out. I go out, and I was in the park this morning, and it was like, oh my god. All right, one last email from uh, Green Lord in L.A., New York. I don't know. Is that his title? I don't know. He's the Green Lord. I don't know. <laughs> he needs a theme song. Hello, everybody. Trying I'm, to keep it green. I'm new to the site, disboards.com. Could anyone please advise if there is a lot of spam or unscrupulous advertising? Can I trust all this information which is present at this forum? Sorry for stupid questions. I just really want to know which information I should trust or even pay attention to. Well, I can tell you that um, virtually everything you see posted on on the disboards is, is genuine. Um, if we... We we have a pretty good eye if somebody's spamming, and if anybody is spamming, we uh, we take care of that real real quick. And the only advertising that's allowed is advertising that's approved through me, which means I know who it is and I know that they're reputable. And uh, you know you'll see on some of our forums or their sponsored forums, whether it's the Timeshare Store sponsoring the DVC forum, Tour Guide Mike uh, sponsors our. Uh, Theme Parks Forum, Swan and Dolphin, the Resorts Forum, Dreams Unlimited, the Cruise Forum. FL Tours. FL Tours, the Transportation Forum. Um, so the advertising that you see is all uh, is all checked out. The only place that it's really not checked out are the Google ads that appear at the top of the boards. But we filter out, a, you know, if we see anything that we think is even remotely questionable, we filter it out. So there's a lot of people watching to make sure the information is good. And the boards would not be as big, they, big as they are and have lasted as long as they have as, and be as popular as they are if the information wasn't really, really good. So I'd like to think you can trust the information with a, a, a very, very high degree of confidence. So I just want to add to that when you read individual posts from people, just try to keep in mind that a lot of it is opinion. So if someone says such and such is the best restaurant to eat at, just keep in mind that that's their opinion and it's not. Mm -hmm. Same thing when we say it, too. Right, exactly. Or that you won't be able to enjoy your vacation without a Mickey bar. Exactly. (laughs) Because you don't want to see people get disappointed and say, I thought this was great. And I just do want to say say hello to Annette, Sylve, and Chino from Bedfordshire in the UK. I was hoping you would do that because I really enjoyed their email. They sent us a really nice email. She writes, uh, I have to say... That my family and I have been at Kissimmee and have seen the Sky Coaster for real. And while watching Corey and Julie's video, I was feeling the fear inside for them. <laughs> I then asked my husband to come and watch it as well, and he just cringed. Corey and Julie are very brave in our opinion. Well done, guys. That took real guts. You should have heard my mom when I called her. I was like, Mom, are you in front of the computer? You want to go watch this video? She's like, what is it of? I'll just, just go watch it. <laughs> oh, Corey Patrick Martin. <laughs> 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 the middle name when the middle, na- when the middle name comes out it's trouble yeah. that's right you're always in trouble with the middle name alright folks that is going to do it for us this week we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed doing it for you and we will be back with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable next Tuesday you all have a great week